few years ago, as I left for the office in the morning, I checked on my wife, who was sleeping on the couch. She had some kind of a bug. About lunchtime, I thought of going out with someone, but then decided to check on her instead. She was barely responsive. I took her to the emergency room where they struggled to find the problem. After thinking that she needed immediate surgery, they decided to just give antibiotics and send her home. By the time we got home, it was nearly midnight and she was vomiting. It settled down and so we stayed put. But the next night we were back and she was worse. It turned out that she was going into septic shock. She was treated and then released again. Life doesn't come in neat little packages, but if we look, we'll find heaven has a word for us. I'm Terry Hardica, and this is Life Journeys, where we are taking a peek at the pathway of trials that are behind us and how God brought us along and taught us something more each time about His ways and how to read His roadmap. You've known those sweet times when it was like God came and whispered in your ear a word of comfort in a time of trouble. It gave you peace, but then the real storm struck. I pictured John sitting on the hillside looking at the ocean. This author of the book of Revelation has been exiled there, and I can see him watching the waves coming in as he thinks of home, his friends, his distant walks with Jesus that seem now like a lifetime away. Then the Holy Spirit begins to move upon him to write as his gaze fixes on the horizon. It's as if he can sense something coming, something far more ominous than the day that the soldiers came and took him away to this place. Before it happened, he heard God softly reminding him, I am with you wherever you go. Now he hears the Spirit inspiring him to write to his friends in the churches. John to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace be unto you and peace from him which is and which was and which is to come and from the seven spirits which are before his throne. There was something on the horizon. Jesus was about to unfold to him the events concerning the end of the world as we know it. God knew that these churches would need to be calmed by his peace, and it was not merely a parent saying, Go to sleep now, everything will be all right. It was a word from him, which is the great I am. I am existence, the one which was and which is to come, the only one who could say, I am the present, the past, and the future. The one who is your history and your future is telling you that my first word to you is grace and peace. That is what is going to be your footing for what is coming upon you soon. Though war comes upon the world, though men will hate men, and though the battle of Armageddon itself unfolds where you are on the turf of Satan's battleground, against the creator of the universe, your foundation is not the government, your history, or your own hopes. It is this. You have the declaration of grace and peace from God himself. 
That time when my wife had developed blood poisoning from a minor infection, it was a moment of learning how to recognize an attack and how to rest in it as we sought a solution. Though we felt that the local hospital could have done a better job, God found a way through. A few years later, this problem would come up again, only at a more critical time. As you may recall, there was a time when my daughter had a newborn child with a critical heart problem. Though she had just had a C-section, she of course insisted on coming from Duluth to Children's Hospital in Minneapolis in the middle of the night for what would be a life-saving heart procedure for her daughter. She naturally would not leave her new baby's side. Soon after surgery, while hooked up to an endless array of tubes, we pressed in close to hear our grandchild's silent struggle to recover. The nurse said, She's crying now, but you can't tell because of the tubes. It was heartbreaking to see. It moved deeply upon my daughter's natural mother's heart. But she looked very tired and had a fever. I took her vitals and told the nurse, Oh, it's normal for someone's respiration to be high with a fever. She needs to rest. But I knew the signs from my wife's encounter with life-threatening sepsis. Her heart rate, high respiration, and a fever. I insisted that she come with me to the ER, but that was in another hospital. I insisted and wheeled her in the chair to the elevators and down into a tunnel that connected to a neighboring hospital. As we entered the emergency room, she looked around and said, Dad, what now? The place was jam-packed. Don't worry, I said, it'll be okay. I took her to the window, explained things to the nurse, and she was immediately taken back. They quickly diagnosed sepsis gave her an IV and a hospital room. Of course, she refused to stay in the hospital, so we left, wheelchair and IV in tow. God had led my wife and I through a bout with this infection, and through it, we were prepared for the next one. That time, it had been a multiple attack, but God knows the future and prepares us with a strong word, grace and peace to you who was and is and is to come. He was in John's past, present, and future, all in one moment. Time doesn't exist with God. He's in your past, present, and future right now, healing your past, encouraging your present, and arranging for your arrival in the future. Your future is on the horizon now as you watch the waves of your present day rolling in. That future has multiple dimensions of warfare in it. Please, take it to heart. God has prepared you. When the time comes, He will release the strength and wisdom that you'll need. In the meantime, peace be unto you.